Welcome to the Shelf Warmers Podcast, the show about toys, why we like them, our connections to the figures, and their relevance to bigger topics. I'm your co-host, Sugu, and tonight we're going to talk about The Hunt. And I'm your co-host, Darby, and today we're going to talk about how The Hunt has evolved for collecting action figures, comic books, and more. Before we begin, by way of introduction, I'm Darby Harn, the author of the novels Ever the Hero and A Country of Eternal Light. I'm a senior writer for Screen Rant and a contributor for Star Wars Newsnet. I am also part of the Movie News Network podcast, talking all things movies, TV, and pop culture. I collect comic books, Star Wars toys, and things I really should not be buying. <laughs> and I'm Sugu, your co-host. I work in IT and education, and I'm also passionate about writing and story. You can find some of my travel writings on allaboutjapan.com, where I've written various articles about my life and perspectives in Japan. I collect mostly Transformers, but I've recently started collecting Marvel Legends figures and die-cast cars, such as Hot Wheels. Since living in Japan, I've developed an interest in tabletop gaming, so I also have a wide collection of board games. So tonight we're going to talk in detail about um, something that we've kind of alluded to several times. Uh, as collectors, we go on the hunt in capital letters, and uh, it's something every collector has some sort of connection with. I, for one, did not have a big, uh, big connection with the hunt until I did it, and then everything fell into place and. I understood why collectors go on the hunt and uh yeah so that's kind of the precursor to my to my story with the hunt how about you darb yeah you're probably you probably felt good about it because it satisfied that sort of masculine capitalist craving that's been drilled into you by society but uh <laughs> to go forth and acquire um <laughs> Yeah, the hunt has been uh, a big part of collecting, probably the the feature of collecting for most of my life, going back to when I was a kid, whether it was going to the toy store, Kmart, or Ben Franklin's back in the Kenner days, or certainly as you got into what's called the modern era, even though it was coming on 30 years ago, with uh, Hasbro and Star Wars, Star Trek Playmates, that type of thing, where you'd go to the toy store, it felt like... Toys R Us or Target or Walmart or any of that. It's felt like every day to look for this stuff seems silly now. especially seems silly now because the hunt is largely not a factor in collecting anymore. You don't go hunting for any of it. You just pre-order everything online. The only thing you hunt for, I feel like personally, well, I got two things that I do. One is the sort of the eBay scrolling, the doom scrolling on eBay. for Doom scrolling on eBay. Yeah, just sort of looking at you know how bad, how much, how much pain are you going to sustain from uh, buying something on eBay like Marvel Legends, or um, uh, the one thing I do hunt for, I guess, is comic books. So we, we can talk about that as we get into some of it. It's that's a that's a slightly different experience. Uh, back issues in particular, uh, not not talking about new stuff. Um, that's definitely very, it's not sort of, because you're not looking for, always looking for something specific. 
and it's much more rewarding than action figure collecting because action figure collecting you're gambling on the hunt you're not you're not guaranteed in most cases you're going to come away empty-handed comic books probably never it reminds me of uh that scene in big where they bought a bunch of baseball cards and they're just going through got it got it need it need it got it got it need it got it need it need it got it got it got it got it like it when you go comic book hunting are you thinking along those lines like i have this one i have this one have this one Ooh, i need that one like Uh, are you just riffling through like that in respect to certain runs yeah because like uh x-men or excalibur so i'm sort of slowly putting together my excalibur run um excalibur is one of my all-time favorite comics it's also the back issues have also proven relatively hard to find they're inexpensive um but they're hard to find so it's a lot of it is oh well i've got this one because you do uh and so it's exciting to find ones that you don't have a couple weeks ago, I came into six or seven of them that I, I had I didn't have. But it's um, but that part of it is is the most I think fun is when just the discovery, not just to something particular you're looking for. Because I don't, you know, like um, we were talking earlier before we started about Marvel Legends figures. There's a couple Marvel Le- Marvel Legends figures on my sort of short list that I'm I'm seeking out, like the Dark Phoenix or Silver Surfer things like that that I'm. I'm actively searching for probably not going to get because of their their how expensive they are. Comic books you have a list, but it's not the same thing. Where it's because a lot of them are sort of you know if you find it cool. I got a copy of uh, Fantastic Four fifty one recently that I was not searching for. It was not on my list. I just found it and it was super affordable relative to what it is. And I was like, I'm buying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that um and it's you know it's that joy of discovery something you didn't expect you're going through the box and it's like oh wow you know a particular copy or an artist or something like that that is just like that's amazing uh, and with toys you don't have that at toys it feels like a lot of time you're sort of if there's anything on the pegs at all which in the states as most collectors will know is not a phenomenon you find right now there's nothing on the <laughs> pegs when you do it's usually something you have right uh, so I gotta ask: When you buy a comic book, are you taking it out of the case? Are you reading it? Are you handling it with oh, yeah. gloves and tweezers that's been sterilized? Are you like, are you reading it? Are you just putting it on the wall, saying that you have this? Like, what's going on? So, am I getting them out of my reading them? Yeah, I read them. I don't. There's sort of um, there's a in the, as there is an action figure collecting. There's sort of. Uh, tendency to sort of preservation and so in comic books it's grading it's encasing them in plastic it's putting them on the wall i don't do i don't do the slabs i don't do any of that i want to read it i'm a reader so they call these raw the raw copies so this is your you can't really see it probably there you go it's your fantastic 451 sort of the thing looks different do they put like a different ink on him that looks slightly slightly more reflective no, that's just your bag. That's your mylar, uh, okay. mylar bag going on. Um, so yeah, this is. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna upset a lot of people. <laughs> worried about value, but this is a podcast. Wait, man. wait, is that out of the bag? It's out of the bag. So <gasps> this is. Uh, this is one of the greatest comic books of all time. Certainly, Marvel comic books. 
Uh, it's one of my favorite personal issues. This is where the thing gets to be human for a day. This is before he was human for a lot in the later comics. First appearance of the negative zone, uh, which is right here, one of the most famous pages of all time in Marvel comic books. Um, this has that great old paper book smell, newsprint smell, like you walk into an old library or something like that. It's glorious. Really good condition. Uh, and I uh, got a great deal on it, and um, I, I couldn't pass it up. So I don't buy, yeah, I don't buy any of those, um, the slabs. And it, actually, I know a lot of people, I haven't done it because I don't have that kind of money. But there are people who uh, buy slab comic books uh, that are encased in carbonite. And um, because they're generally super high grade, they're, they're perfect. And then they break, they bust them out of the slabs just to read. <laughs> um, so That reminds me of, of Brewster's one. Millions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Where he bought that stamp uh, and then mailed it? Mailed it, yeah. <laughs> uh, his copy of uh, X-Men 129, this first appearance of Kitty, first appearance of Emma. Part of the Dark okay. Phoenix saga, uh, another major comic book. Um, also uh, also raw, as they call it. But yeah, so I, no, I don't do any of that stuff. So I'm, I'm assuming that the books that you're buying the comics that you're buying they are used of some sort especially since oh, you're yeah. taking it out of the packaging so they're probably not in perfect mint condition as in like from the back of a warehouse for 30 40 50 60 years um but they've been owned by someone and then they've been sold back to yeah. that store yeah is there any sort of trace of its history no, I, you've got, uh, you know, every once in a while I'll come across one where the, they, the kid wrote inside, uh, Marvel does the Marvel bullpen bulletins where the little check monthly checklist of the comics that are coming out that month. And then kid will have marked them off somewhat, somewhat similar to how they did back on the, you know, you'll see a bunch of old, a bunch of old Kenner cards, Star Wars card backs where they crossed off the ones they had circled the yep. ones they wanted you see that transformer all the time. catalogs transformer catalogs and sometimes you find something really cool like the, actually this one i pulled out here uh this is 133 uncanny x-men this is uh where wolverine properly goes off the hook off the chain i should say uh for the first time and murders a bunch of unfortunate hellfire club goons I bought this, and then I, I discovered after I bought it um, that uh, Chris Claremont had signed this on the inside page, and then uh, which it, I did not know at the time was apparently his habit is to sign the interior page as opposed to the cover. Um, so that was kind of a cool discovery. Yeah. What would that have done to the price of the comic? Um, yeah, it would have been definitely much more expensive had the person who sold it to me knew that as well. <laughs> they did not know that. Um, good for me, I guess. Um, but yeah, so it's, um, yeah, every once in a while you'll, you'll, you'll see something like that, but yeah. And I have some other signed comics. I have some John Romita Jr. And then, um, I think I have one or two other Claremont signed stuff, but, um, in the, I have a ton of X-Men comics, but um, yeah, these are from these are out of collections, and they're they've been taken care of pretty well. You, when you get into your Fantastic Four here, fifty one, this comic is coming up on 
60 years old and uh, for that it's very very well taken care of uh, it's obviously not as awesome as it was the day it came out but um, so that's cool I, and I enjoy it and I enjoy reading through them they're meant to be read and enjoyed mm-hmm. you let your finger oils touch the page mm-hmm yeah yeah they, these <laughs> are these are they're comic books they're I do not roll them up and put them in my back pocket, as some people do, um, that type of thing. Uh, but uh, So I try to take care of them now that I have them, but I definitely I read them all. And uh, I enjoy them. I enjoy the discovery of revisiting the issues, especially ones that are a little bit before my time. Um, and then I, uh, uh, you know, just discovering the comic books in the wild, just specifically as we're talking about the hunt, I think one of the biggest things I've enjoyed about um, getting back into collecting, uh, not ne- necessarily even collecting, but just comic book uh, reading, is that discovery and just in the boxes. Uh, some of my favorite places to go uh, for comic books are in Des Moines at uh, Mayhem Comics and then at Jay's in Des Moines, and they both have substantial sort of back issue. Uh, Mayhem has a vault. <laughs> Um, and I just go through there, man, and I, I, I spend hours in there and just go through and, you know, you're looking for, you know, I, I've got a couple X-Men type stuff that I know I'm looking for and then I'm just looking. So I, I, I need to ask, what is the difference for you between the hunt and shopping? <laughs> uh, shopping, I need it. Uh, hunting, I want it. Is, is, is it that simple? Mm-hmm. So you don't go shopping for toys or shopping for Marvel Legends. You're hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't need them. Uh, certainly, uh, and you know, like if I go to the grocery store or whatever, it's because I need something at the grocery store. And if I go looking for toys, it's because I want something. And then that's the hunt. Yep. Okay. I mean, uh. you, you, in your brain, you're like, "Well, I need that figure," you know. I need, <laughs> you know, I need, I need whatever, but you don't, you don't actually need it. Right, but I mean, your your distinction is much clearer than mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I I I will and have gone shopping for Marvel Legends, for board games, um, for even Hot Wheels or well, the Tomicas over here. Um, I've gone shopping for figures. I've gone shopping for books, but I've also now I can say I've gone on the hunt. And for me, there, there is a, uh, a little bit of a distinction for it between just shopping and hunting. Yeah. Shopping for me is much more like browsing. Like I, I'll go to the store and see what's available and maybe there's nothing available and then I'll, I'll, I'll leave and everything's fine. The hunt is I'm looking for a specific figure or item and I'm going to one, two, or maybe even three stores to try and find this item. Or if not a specific figure, then a range of figures um, that I'm specifically looking for. And that's where you get that discovery as well. Like, oh, I'm looking for this figure, but hey, this is also here at the store. The biggest, I used to do that all the time, especially the late 90s, early 2000s, up until maybe 2010 or so. That was the how you did it. You were looking for a figure or a wave, and you were going to multiple places 
it was a big thing, you know, you, you make a day of it type of thing. Um, that's no longer the case. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is everything is online now. Everything's just pre-order. And then the other thing is your retail options have, are diminished considerably down to uh, Toys R Us. Uh, Toys R Us. We don't have Toys R Us anymore. Um, Walmart and Target. And they don't have, they're not going to have it. Um, they're not going to have your range of anything. The days of going into, you know, uh, hitting all the stores and to find a particular wave is, uh, or, or a new figure is, that's long gone. It's completely, you know, the Toys R Us, or I keep saying Toys R Us, Tar Target and Walmart, um, they're not going to carry everything. So you think of something like Marvel Legends, which we've been talking about. Um, Mar the Marvel Legends line is pretty vast. Um, there are a number of you know different waves and sort of subsets through through it. Um, Walmart and Target don't carry all of it. So, for example, um, the um, some some figures like um, Walmart got the What If wave. Uh, Target didn't. Uh, Target doesn't didn't get any of those. They uh, they both have Eternals substantially, <laughs> mm -hmm. but. Um, uh, for whatever reason, Target so far seems to have skipped What If, and then um, the Age of Apocalypse wave, the X-Men wave that just came out, uh, Target also did not get that. So, they don't, you're, if you want to find everything, you're going to find it online, and you're really savvy at this point as a collector. You're up on your pre-orders, you probably got your favorite place or places um, that you, uh, that you, uh, you're a patron of, and then you just pre-order and it just shows up. You and I talked about this before too. It's like, oh, I didn't, I forgot about that. It's like, you know, it comes in the mail. I got the, uh, the other day, the Fantastic Four, the retro figures showed up. Uh, I was looking forward to them, so that wasn't a surprise. But it's, yeah, you they, they're announced. They go up for pre-order. You pre-order them on the spot and then you wait however long. In some cases, it's very long. And you're just not looking for it because you're not going to find it. You're not going to find the, those Fantastic Four figures at retail right now. So, what about um, what about older figures? Or are you fully caught up on all of your older figures that you don't need any of them anymore? No. Like for example, like you're collecting comics mm -hmm. that are older. Yeah. And you're looking through and yeah. finding those. What about figures? Yeah, I know. We were talking about earlier, um, like with Marvel Legends, like I, I have a small group of legends that I am I really want to get, and that's like the Dark Phoenix. So that's the uh, giant size X-Men, Cyclops, uh, the Silver Surfer, folks like that. They're super expensive. They're super hard to come by. So every, I, every once in a while, I'll look at them. And they're sort of on my radar. They're sort of figures that I can sort of knock off maybe one in every great once in a while. But with the comic books, you're trading off for me. So, you know, it's do you buy like something like uh, the Fantastic Four here, number 51, is going to set you back about the same as one of those figures. Uh, so it's a trade off. It's like, you know, what is sort of more, where's the more joy at? And so, um, uh, for me right now, it's generally in the comic books, you know, I, I, I uh, there's, there's, there's sort of a ceiling for me with the comic books in terms of what I can afford and then what I want to afford. It's like, I'm not going to do anything crazy, uh, especially right now with the comic book market is out of control, has been for last year or so or more. And uh, it's going back to, 
I just like the aftermarket prices as you know sort of one impact of the pandemic has been sort of this uh, inflationary aspect to aftermarket collecting in every every aspect of collecting has gone just crazy action figures included comic books have just gotten truly psychotic and so that's why it's such a great thing to discover something as substantial as the fantastic four or something like that uh for you know really good price because everything people are just marking everything up and um you know things that we've talked about this i think a little bit on the pod before but you've got you know when you have something like uh some part of this is tied to the mcu when you when you have comic books like the first appearance of john walker the u.s agent this is a dollar box comic it has been for 35 years when people are paying $800 for that comic book because he appeared in the MCU, or they think you're going to pay $800 for it because he appeared in the MCU, something's wrong. Like, you know, he's John Walker. He's not, you know, anybody special. So <laughs> that type <laughs> Don't of Don't tell him and that. So That's just, like his Achilles heel. <laughs> yeah. So, and you see that in the action figures too where the, you know, the prices have gotten... I've gotten just really crazy. Part of it is just because the the market. I think people were at home. The they've been at home substantially the last year or so, um, and then they went to. I suppose one way they sort of passed the time was they, as I did, just sort of reconnected with the comic books. You got people going back into it, so they start buying. The prices then accordingly sort of go up, um, and then you have just sort of people who are sort of behaving irresponsibly as far as the price gouging. Um, and that's a bubble that's just going to burst here eventually. But yeah, it's sort of, you know, I think things seem, they seem to be question mark stabilizing at the moment, but it, that's, that's been sort of the biggest downside of the, of collecting in the last year is that as things have moved, you know, better and worse, they've moved to online collecting in every way, whether it's pre-order new stuff, aftermarket old stuff, though, those prices have gone up. And the sort of the feeding frenzy has sort of resulted, and it feels like it's sort of calmed down a little bit, but we'll see. Well, let me ask you for the comics, since you you've said before on the podcast that um, you buy your interest in the comics now for the stories, right? Yeah, the story, uh, you know, the art. I've had such great conversations with other readers and collectors and artists as well, just about that sort of the joy of the art, joy okay. of the story, the character. I but one of the most rewarding things about the comic book thing is to meet other other fans of the comics. And I've always, obviously, you've always been part of the community, but like especially. Uh, for me personally in the last year or so just meet other fans who are on my level in terms of my unabashed fandom of Rachel or something like that and that's been a real joy sure the other side of everything being online it's easier to find those communities um, but yeah why are you hunting for the individual comics and not say the collection of the stories do you know what I mean like what I see a lot here is I, I don't have the individual comics available. What what comes here are the collections, the books, the graphic novels of them. 
Um, I was like that forever. I have a lot of graphic novels, and I, I would read mostly in trade, um, you know, everything. And I uh, never really got the online. I've done that more lately uh, because of my job. Uh, I, I write a lot about comic books for my job. And so part of it, and that requires, I'm a senior writer for Screen Rant, as folks probably know, because I say it at the top of every show. Um <laughs> That requires, uh, as part of my writing, my articles requires a lot of images. I source a lot of those images online. I'm not, I don't have a scanner. I'm not scanning my copies of comic books. Um, uh, so I, ha I do have a, an account, a Marvel Unlimited account, in which I have access to over 30 or whatever it is they tell me every time I log in, 30,000 comic books. It's basically mm -hmm. the library. Uh, of Marvel, and um, so I so I have access to all these comics I'm buying actually, but in often in many cases they're uh, particular Fantastic Four. Um, they're in some cases uh, they're scans, and they're not scans of the original. They're they're often scans from the original plate, and then they're recolored for digital. Oh, I see. They're not bad. They're they're not the original, and so I like the original. I'm also a tactile person. I like to have it in my hand. I like I like to see it. I like to read it. Uh, I do love the novelty of the original comic book, especially X Men. Not so much Fantastic. I'm not going to be going. I'm not going to be buying all the Fantastic Four because it's not realistic. But X Men in particular, just because I'm such a big X Men fan, um, I have enjoyed the sort of the challenge and the hunt of uh, trying to piece that together. Mm -hmm. um, which was not my original goal, and I just sort of re recently realized that that's what I'm doing is I'm, I'm putting together this run. So, and it becomes um, s some aspects of it are not affordable. Some aspects, m mostly, it's mostly affordable, but some some of them are very expensive. So that uh, that kind of answers another question that I had is when you go on the hunt, you're you have a goal in mind. You're trying to complete the run, the set. Yes and no. Like for a long time, I was like, you know, I, I have sort of ones I'm looking for. So like 129 was X-Men. 129 was one I'm looking for, was looking for. And then now I have a couple. I'm, you know, 139 is the one I'm looking for right now. If I find it great, if I don't, it's not going anywhere. It hasn't gone anywhere in 40 years. And then I, I always find something else. You know, I find something completely unexpected. How do you know what to look for with comic books? Like, what's the difference between 139 and 135? Well, as you know, Sugu, I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, so I, I can quote you chapter and verse on uh, comic books in general. I suppose this is why I've, I feel like I've become a little bit of the comic book guy uh, <laughs> For at, the both, at all my jobs. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, that episode sucked. Um, the, uh, <laughs> no, the, um, I sort of, uh, certainly a Marvel news net, uh, I do, we've got a lot of great comic book writers at Screen Rant. Marvel news net, I've sort of become known as the guy who, uh, <laughs> the MCU nerd, if you listen to me on my Marvel news, or uh, Marvel news. Movie News Net uh, <laughs> Network podcast. I'm I'm always the guy who's like, oh well, in this issue, so that type of thing. I I stunned somebody the other day in a casual conversation by quoting the 
the, the exact issue or did this cover they're like do you remember we were talking about marvel legends actually there's like there's a wolverine figure that just came out he's not wearing the shirt and he's actually from the cover of uncanny x-men 251 where he's sort of crucified on this x oh yeah they were, i've seen they that were talking about it. it's like yeah 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 it's one of the more iconic covers and they were talking about it i'm like yeah that's 251 and they're like how do you know that and i'm like I know it. And then, um, but yeah, no, it's, so I just know this stuff. Part of it is because of uh, just, uh, I've been reading about it and like a lot of Marvel nerds, comic book nerds, you sort of absorb the ephemera of the, uh, uh, of the comic books themselves. And that, uh, that was part of, you know, ingesting the sort of digesting, I should say the, like the, the Marvel use universe handbook or the Marvel trading cards that had all sort of the encyclopedic information when you're a kid. Uh, it's reading about it as you, you know, as you sort of get older. And, um, you know, there's sort of a, you know, bib, uh, I don't know what the right term is. I've heard a couple different terms associated with comic books that are not exactly what I'm thinking of. But um, you sort of become a, a sort of a very low-key scholar on the, of which there are millions of us. Uh, or a walking encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's this, there's a certain weird, uh, and just being who I am as a person, there's that, that I also just retain all of that uh, stuff. It just goes, that's the stuff that I retain, yeah. uh, is the completely useless encyclopedic <laughs> information about Marvel until you comics. get in the conversation where you have to pull it out. I will work it into anything. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I, I, uh, Yeah. But anyway, well, because it's like one of the things that always kind of interests me in terms of developing this lore knowledge and and all that is that the comics are very self-referential. You know, you'll read a panel and they'll say in there for more information or for for the exciting story, see this episode, see this issue. And that's kind of as far as I know, because I can't track down like I I would if I were to do it. I would have to write down, okay, look for Spider-Man number 1667 or something like that. And then I'd have to write that down in a list somewhere and then go to the comic book store and try to find those. But you don't have to do that. You've got all that stored up in stored up already. Yeah, I have. I don't know if it's uh, a, a photographic memory. I don't know if that's exactly what I have. Um, I have. Uh, I have a, a memory which allows me to. And this is one re- in writing. We talk a lot about writing on the pod that I think uh, benefits me in terms of creating character. We did an episode about creating characters. Is that I remember generally uh, most of what every most everything what people say. Um, so the i can then i can quote back to you verbatim what a person has said and so when when writing um when that helps me to when voice in particular so i i very easily not yeah easily i'm just gonna say it it's the only thing i'm good at um i very easily can uh replicate uh the way a person talks in writing Mm. after a relatively brief time of sort of sort of listening and absorbing um, and then that that same process is the process by which I remember useless junk like what issue that Mystique appeared in for the first time, which was Miss Marvel 18. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I just as an aside, I remember uh, several times after, like years after Ireland, I was coming back to you and like, oh yeah, I remember we had this conversation back in Ireland where you said this, that, and the other, and you're like, oh geez, how do you remember? I don't remember saying that. <laughs> well, I said I remember most everything other people say. I don't necessarily <laughs> remember anything I say. Well, that's where I come in, right? To keep you, keep you, keep your record right. of what you say. <laughs> um, it's sort of, yeah, okay. it's sort of like a dysfunctional Holmes and Watson. You're like, no, you said that. No, I was there. It's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> We're taking a quick break to let you know about some exciting developments on the podcast. First of all, thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying it. Uh, if you like our content and you want more of it, you can subscribe to our channel and get additional conversations between Sugu and I. So stick around after the episode for a quick sample of what you could get. If you want to give us any feedback, feel free to let us know your thoughts and opinions at shelfwarmers at gmail.com or on Twitter at shelfwarmers. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. For you, you don't really go to the comic stores looking specifically for an issue until it comes up. You have a couple ideas of what issues you want, but that's about it. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that yep, it's it's whereas like the action figure collecting in the hunt used to be based entirely around the new wave, the new figure, the new exclusive, you're looking in particular for it. With the comic books, it's just well, I'm going to the comic book store this month and like the comic book stores are in Des Moines, so it's generally a trip. Mm-hmm. And it's generally I'm going there for the express purpose of I'm going to spend some time in the vault. And um, I'm just going to dig. I'm going to dig through everything. I have a couple of things I know I'm looking for. If I find it cool, if I don't, I'm going to find something really unexpected. And just by going through and because it's it's just at this point, you know, comic books uh, go back to obviously the early 20th century. Marvel comic books go back to 1961. You're going to find something unexpected. You're going to find something really sort of unique and that you haven't seen before. Or you're going to learn about something. That's the other thing. It, you know, it's like one of the cool things, like when Shang-Chi came out, or actually before, um, I was never, in the comic books, I was never really a fan of Shang-Chi. And Shang-Chi is sort of a relatively low-tier character comparatively. I didn't know a ton about his um, sort of comic book history. So uh, as the run-up to the movie was happening, I'd run into people in the comic book store that were on the lookout for... Uh, the early Master Kung Fu issues. It's Master Kung Fu issue 15, Shang-Chi first appearance. And the just talking to people about it and, you know, like kind of learning about it and, you know, um, that type of thing. Um, that That's kind of fun. Um, I'm not, I'm much more of a Marvel head than as opposed to DC. So it's great to talk to DC people, uh, of which I've done quite a bit of because like, I, I'm nowhere near on the catalog sort of stuff as I am with DC, so it's cool to sort of know what people are looking for and thinking about and what's interesting to them. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like, I could not tell you, like, for example, like, I couldn't tell you first appearances on a lot of DC stuff or any of that type of stuff. I'm just, but, you know, I'm such a Marvel nerd that... Um, you know. So how do you decide which comics to buy? I mean, as you're in the store and you're looking at the issues, why not just buy them all? Like, why why are you selecting not right. to buy 
some of them because you you know what's in there yeah like part of it is is that there you know part of it is what do you really respond to and for me it's like sort of like you know in particular the art or there's some sort of personal connection to it or it's just so I, I like i'm a big fan of artists in particular so like there was a run of very idiosyncratic sort of Bill Sienkiewicz covers that he did for Web of Spider-Man sort of mid-80s that are just uncommon. And then when you find them, they're like two bucks or like three bucks. And I just buy them. They're just, they're just so good. They're so unlike anything, you you know, that anyone else was doing then or certainly now. Um, it's things like that. And it's, you know, they'll, you'll find a, a random sort of related title um, to something uh you know like rachel rachel summers you know that she's not necessarily excalibur x-men that she's in something else while well, you'll buy that or whatever it's kind of whatever you're thinking about and you know um whatever you're responding to it's very intuitive that way you know mm-hmm. so i'm not it's not comprehensive i'm not i'm not ever like well i'm gonna get all of this or i love all of this because i don't there's a lot of it i'm like whatever but um uh, you know, so it's this is kind of what it, whatever it sort of strikes you like Fantastic Four Fifty One. It was like wow, one. It's like that's a that's a super uncommon book to come across in the wild, and then um, it was being particular sort of favorite of mine. That's like yep, that's what we're gonna do today. Which means that you leave in other stuff, you know, that you might have bought otherwise, and some mm-hmm. of that doesn't matter because like the X Men books after Days of Future Past, uh, X Men. So that's one forty two uh your uh your value on your x-men books sort of is becomes very affordable and anything before that is is more problematic so you know you don't Wait have to sweat it that becomes stuff more much. affordable is that because days of future past was a crap movie oh say that again uh you said after days of future past it becomes affordable is that because days of future past was a yeah. crap movie no, that's just so relative to the comic book. So your uh, Dark Phoenix saga runs right into uh, Days of Future Past. So you have this historic run in the X Men comics, which more or less culminates in 142. This is the second part of Days of Future Past, and um, for whatever reason, that's sort of the demarcation line and the huge sort of values in X Men comic books. Part of it is is that X Men was the biggest, most popular comic book at the time, and certainly as you got into the late '80s, early '90s. So though there are so many copies of those as you get into that era, that you're not you're not you're gonna find copies. You know, you're not the very few of those copies would like. There's a couple exceptions, like the first appearance of Gambit, uh, 268, which is um, sort of commands a premium. But beyond that, they're very affordable. Before that, that space in between Giant Size X Men and number one and 142, they they can set you back. So, is it yeah. is it a supply issue? Like just because they're they're they didn't make as many? Yeah. So part of it's supply. So especially early in that Giant Size X Men one, and then transition back into the mainline X Men 94, 95. Uh, the print runs are not as high. The X-Men is still at that point a very low-selling book. And then as you get to 101, which is the first Phoenix, uh, then things start to sort of accelerate. But because of their relatively low print run combined with their pro- their their importance to fans and then, you know, collectors, uh, those, they command a premium. So um, 
if you're going to buy one of those books and that and that sequence you're you're that's the book you're buying that day or maybe that month <laughs> or that mm-hmm. quarter <laughs> because that's that's going to set you back all right fair enough well real quickly i want to talk about me going on the hunt real, uh kind of like my my experience yeah, with the for hunt sure. um yeah but it's not about comics it's uh it's about the figures because uh up until last summer no sorry this summer up until this summer i had been doing just online ordering of figures i got the nightcrawler because you told me to buy it so i got it uh that was online i got (laughs) the mafex spider-man online because that was all i did and people who know me know i hate shopping like absolutely despise shopping so i i'm if i don't have to go shopping i'm not gonna and so like i was ordering all these figures online without a problem a friend of mine took me to a transfer a store that had transformers comics and a bunch of other figures i went there it was nice i wouldn't buy anything from there um all the figures there all the transformers there are used uh which is fine i'm not saying or i'm not saying anything about that but they're used and really expensive um there's a masterpiece uh slug the triceratops um yeah the masterpiece slug is there for something like three hundred dollars and it was used and i can get it Mm. new from an online store for less than 200 so i'm i'm wondering this store how how in the world are you getting a used product and then jacking up the price on that like i don't understand that business model but hey whatever maybe it it works it's it's random that's it can just be the store too like random they're they're charging a premium or maybe they don't know what they have you know there was a yeah not I mean, fantastic 451 but there was another fantastic four comic book i got at a different shop i won't say anything about it but that they i got for very very cheap that was not very very cheap in terms of value but yeah so i, I don't know like uh you know at the same time my friend introduced me to that store, gosh, two, three years ago or so. In this, uh, this summer, I went back to that store. Um, uh, well, I'll get to that in more detail. But I went back to that store, and that figure is still there at the same price. So I'm like, clearly, your business oh, really? model isn't working. Because <laughs> you want to get that thing out yeah, the door. Time to, time to move on. Yeah. But anyway, so this summer is when everything changed for me. Because I, up till then, I was only doing online ordering. Well, my wife and I, we have what we call Pop Culture Day, where we go to a nearby district, I guess. Um, and we go to, like, these stores that have um, figures and kind of random pop culture stuff. So uh, we go, and usually we go for her. We We find stuff that she likes and I just kind of wander in and you know not a big deal but we go there and I see the uh the gray beast figure 
I'm like, huh, that's pretty cool. I kind of wish I had the, the I kind of wish it was blue, but you know what? I've always liked Beast. That's pretty cool. And then I saw that he came with a book and glasses, and I thought that's the best thing ever. And he's he's smiling as well. He's not like angry. I'm like, well, I have to get that. So I held it in my hand. Right next to it was a Black Panther figure. I'm like, damn, that's really cool too. I gotta get that. So now I have two figures in my hand, and my wife is off doing her own shopping. And she comes to see me. I'm like, and she goes, wait, what do you have in your hand? I'm like, I have to buy these things. I don't know what, what's going on, but I have to buy them. I They're in my hand. I don't want anyone else to get them. I'm holding them. I will walk out of this store with them in my hand, with them in my bag. So I get, I, I, I buy them. And the next weekend... Was it the next weekend? I think it was actually the next day. Uh, we were talking like, oh, what do you want to do today? And I'm like, I want to go back to those stores. I want to see what else is there. <laughs> so we go back and I look and I found another Black Panther figure that I had never seen before. I'm like, oh my God, this is cool. Wait a minute. This wasn't here the last time I went. How do they get a new Black Panther figure? So I bought it. And then, uh, oh, and um, the Obsidian Surfer was also in there. Right. So here I am now, immediately having purchased Grey Beast, Obsidian Surfer, and Black Panther. And so then, you know, the next time, what do you want to do? I want to go back there, see what else is there. And then the next time after that, like now we're, we're talking three weeks later, Oh, what do you want to do this weekend? I want to go back to that store. They, I mean, every other time they've had a Black Panther figure. What's going on? So I go and lo and behold, there's a new Black Panther figure in there. I'm like, how do they do this? How do they know that I buy their Black Panther? Like, why do they always have a new one for me? Um, Just so the three weeks, each time I find a new figure that, I was not expecting and I just kind of looking at it, having it in hand. I was like, I actually need this figure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like I I need it, even though I don't really go shopping. Um, I found She-Hulk that way as well. Um, yeah. And I was leave after the fourth or fifth time of doing that, I came out going, okay, I understand the hunt now. And I put it on our podcast schedule to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that joy of discovery, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, it's like that's the great thing about coming into something like Marvel Legends or even the comic books. It's like relatively late. Uh, if you're if you're new to it, if you haven't been doing it, there's this sort of there's this great sort of ocean of stuff to dive into. You weren't aware of the downside. Obviously, is the price, the premium you have to pay. In some cases, the upside is it's all new to you. You know, it's 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 that sort of discovery or rediscovery, whatever the case may be. And that's the great you know that's what the fun thing about it is. You know. Because you're like, every time you go over there, you're like, there's another one. I didn't know any of this. And it's like, now you're just pulling the slot. Like, every time you go, there's like, cha-ching, another Black Panther. 
you know. Yeah, I'm wondering that store, like, how did they know when I was coming in and when to stock their shelves with a new mold of Black Panther just for me to pick up and snatch? Mm-hmm. Like, how do they know? Are they tracing? Well, me? they're probably like, they're probably like, there's this dude who comes in here every week and buys one. We should get more. <laughs> but they only have just the one. That's cool. But funny, like, you know, funny like, enough, like they have a website mm-hmm. that I've gone to to kind of see, and they have their their inventory on there, so you could actually order online. But they also have their old inventory too. Yeah, and. uh they, I looked on there and they had Obsidian Surfer, only one. I'm like, oh, cool. So they, they have another one. And I checked, it's out of stock. And I started laughing, I'm like, that was me. I'm yeah. the one that made their website go out of stock. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like, uh, you know, with the comic books, I, I've actually been in Mayhem in Des Moines a few times when they'll, they'll get in new stuff, a uh, particular comic book, and they'll put it up they'll advertise it on their website or Facebook or something. And I'll be standing there and some guy, you know, will come in and then he'll be like, do you still, do you still, do you have Like one of them was uh, amazing Spider-Man 14. It was the first appearance of green goblin. And he came in, do you still have it? They had already sold it by the time he got there. And um, it was like, you know, that type of thing, like sort of, just missed out on it but you know the websites can uh, that's the other thing too with the with the doing online in most cases you know your amazon or whatever you're you're you're, you're okay you, you pre-order it whatever you don't have to worry about it not being there but uh, some places don't update their websites regularly that's a challenge and so you know you can you can some things are not actually there or they they're hot all of a sudden and then uh they just decide actually you know what this is actually i just looked at this this is actually more expensive (laughs) yeah so this is not 20 dollars this is 200 the airline airline industry they're known for storing cookies on your computer and then jacking up the price the next time you look up that that flight yeah they're you know capitalism evil (laughs) yeah um what, Another what reason why I hate shopping. Yeah, I, I, I sort of I don't like it either. I used to. I don't. I don't in my old age. Uh, I don't enjoy it, it really at all. Um, I do. You know, I do. The whole experience of maybe as we kind of wrap up on the hunt, it just it's 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 not it's not a enjoyable experience really with, with toys because there's no real hunt anymore. Like I was saying earlier, it's it's no. That's the biggest thing that that part of it's diminished completely. Um, so it's not enjoyable. So when you get a chance to go to a place and sort of hunt, so and I haven't been in a long time, but uh, mostly because of COVID, one thing you know I used to do quite a bit was you know a couple times a year I used to always be in Chicago, and Chicago has a number of great uh, toy stores or vintage collectible st- stores, and I would go there and I'd always buy something Star Wars, you know Kenner Star Wars. I, I mean, when we went to Ireland, so. like every mm-hmm. time we we like when we went to Ireland, when I came to visit you, we went it we went on the hunt, as well. That's where I got my yeah. masterpiece Rodimus Prime or masterpiece Hot Rod. Yeah, Toys R Us, and yeah, that part of it is just sort of gone. So, but I do like you know like 
in Des Moines, I like going to Jay's. Jay's has uh, is a massive collectible store, and they have not just comics, but they have everything, action figures and vinyl records and what have you. Um, the Pokemon cards, which I don't understand. And um, so I enjoy that. I enjoy looking at everything, and I just don't buy, you know, as much. Part of it is... Uh, like with uh, something like Kenner Star Wars, I, I pretty well, I pretty well got to a point, reached a point of saturation for myself personally. That if I don't have it, it's because it's ridiculously expensive. It's just not realistic. Yeah, the new stuff you're not going to find new stuff there. You've pre-ordered it anyway, and then so I, I think maybe another part of the comic book collecting is, is probably maybe filling some of that void of um, you know is sort of the process of actually the process of discovery which is mm-hmm. otherwise out of toys. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I think for me, since I'm still kind of late on the game on Marvel Legends, there's still a discovery element for me, um, just seeing yeah. what's out there. Like, for example, you were mentioning that Marvel Legends Dark Phoenix. I looked it up. I'd never seen that figure before, and mm-hmm. I saw it. And you know what? I can buy it. It's here. I can get it for uh, in Japan. For eight hundred and sixty dollars, I can get it. Right, right. <laughs> it's no big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a little bit more than what you'd pay in the states. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the thing. You know, Legends has been going on for a really long time. Um, there are so many figures, and if you, some of them are just just not going to happen, like Dark Phoenix and. Um, but sometimes you could luck out and you know you you can find you can find a good deal so uh she's one of the ones that i definitely look for on the ebay and i you know i sort of always when i'm in a store like jay's or something i'll look you're not going to find her there but um she's one of the ones you're sort of looking for and um you know you luck out at some point and um hopefully or they re-release her which they will at some point but who knows uh when exactly that will be uh right so yeah so it's, it's like you know do you sort of um and that's the thing with the comic books too it's like you were asking me earlier as if you know buying the the floppies as opposed to why don't you just buy the trades um it's um because they reissue them all the time that you can go to the library and and not have to pay anything and get uh read really any comic book you want uh depending on your library and uh it's just it it's there's something in particular about the the single issue um you know it's the same thing with dark phoenix or other dark phoenix figures of course they're not as good there'll be more dark phoenix figures in the future so what's the you know it's just, that's just the one you want so uh you know whatever that is who knows you know mm. um yeah cuz uh i mean one figure that i kind of discovered in my in my searching is the marvel legends red hulk build a figure wave do you know that one mm-hmm. it was several years ago but they had one figure in there called the silver savage which i'm quite keen on that kind of interesting mm, yeah silver surfer with a katana and a mace and a surfboard i'm i'm kind of digging it <laughs> uh i can buy this marvel legends from gosh when was it what you what year is that 2015 2016 
This would have been something like that, you know. So I can buy that Marvel Legends figure for $325. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't do that. Um, But, you know, I, you never know if you'll see it at at the store. You know, just there. Yeah, one of the weird things with the MCU that sort of has a an interesting effect on collecting anything Marvel, comic books or action figures, it's like with Dark Phoenix. Uh, are they going to re-release her? Certainly her. This figure you're talking about, are they going to re-release him? Well, maybe, depending on what happens in the MCU, but then... Are you going to wait for the potential of them doing a re-releasing or doing a better version? Are you? Do you want to buy it now and not pay later? Because if once this MCU equivalent happens, the little aftermarket dudes are like, well, now we're going to crank the price way high. Um, and this is what you, know, you were so talking about buying defensively. Buying defensively. So that there's a lot of aspects to that, but even it, it occurs in the comic books too. And uh, one of the comic books I decided to, to pay for a little bit uh, after having a conversation with somebody was X-Men 129, which is the first appearance of Kitty. I wanted the uh, high on my list because of Kitty. and um, But it was also one that was starting to get really pricey relative to the other ones, and that's because of anticipation that she'll be in the MCU course she'll be in the mcu it's like the some of this is just the logic is you know it's like <laughs> she's uh she's relatively far away in the mcu so why are we worried about it now but um i decided to defensively pay a little bit now to avoid paying a lot later yeah um so i don't enjoy that but that was one case and that was the only case where I, that's that's what i was going to do because that's the comic book i wanted the most out of these ones that i was sort of looking for and i did not want to get into a situation um where all of a sudden it's a two thousand dollar comic book because i waited and they announced that she's appearing in whatever movie so they they used the the sort of aftermarket is sort of highly attuned to even rumor announcements so like you'll get a rumor about x y or z and the next thing you know same thing with the action figures um then those figures the shang chi there was a shang chi figure a comic book figure that was in a wave, Spider-Man wave, maybe a year or yep. two ago. The I forget. Demo Goblin, and, I think. Uh, I think so. And yeah. uh, that's a figure that's now, uh, for obvious reasons, uh, commands a premium. Um, but um, that type of thing. So, and with Shang-Chi, there aren't any other real, as opposed to like Phoenix, like if I just want really want a Phoenix or a Dark Phoenix figure, I can go back to the Toy Biz ones and, you know, I have options, I guess. Shang-Chi, not really, I believe. I believe that's <laughs> the only version of him. Yeah, figure. it's an extremely so, obscure character, um, right? Because even that fairly, figure... Yeah, until now, yeah. Um, that'll change. Yeah, but that figure, that, uh, that Shang-Chi... That one is styled after the comics in the 70s. The new comic run, he doesn't look like that. He does not. Yeah, his look has been up. So that was sort of your 70s sort of uh, Bruce Lee sort of almost uh, kind of figure from the 70s. And then the new, new, more modern versions definitely 
uh, more modern. They look a little bit closer to what the movie looks like, I suppose. But he's had a number of different costumes in the comics over the years. He's never really had a great sort of iconic costume. This one he has in the movie is legendary. They should just take that and, and just dump that into the comic. I, I bought the SH figure arts for it. I'm loving it. It looks really yeah. good. No, it's, it's I might actually even buy the, the Marvel Legends to go with it. Yeah. No, I got I got him, the Legends one, and a couple others, uh, Shang-Chi. I just thought the costume work in that movie was extraordinary. And yeah. They should just um, they should just uh, rip that off. I'm sure they will for the comics. Yeah, and there's um, in, in terms of defensive defensive buying, um, there's one situation in my Transformers collections that's kind of similar. Um, there's a company called Fans Toys. They're one of the first companies that was making third masterpiece third party pieces. Um, and they actually just recently came out with a sound wave that's supposed to be comparable to the official sound wave. But anyway, they usually command a premium price to begin with, um, just because they got a lot of die cast metal. They look really good in both mold modes, but the transformation is generally really difficult because to get both modes to look good, the, the engineering has to, to be sacrificed. So they've always been a pretty penny or a premium product, but now that they have the reputation of being the like such a high-quality product, the you now pay the late tax for them if you don't get them right from the beginning because mm -hmm. people will buy out the entire stock and their price will easily double and then stay like uh there's one figure uh of theirs it's like five hundred dollars and it's not going down like yeah. it, that's that's just the new price well, Fans Toys, as a company, their new product that's coming out this year, uh, they just raise the prices on their own thing. Basically, if the secondary market can, <laughs> can't command that high exactly. price, we'll just do it ourselves. At least that way we'll exactly. make that money. So they raise the price on their own stuff, and now it what was previously difficult to get is now still difficult to get. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's nuts. It's not surprising, not surprising at all. Um, but yeah. it's, uh, that's what happens in that, especially, you know, and you have the same phenomenon in Marvel Legends, not where they're, they're, they're raising their prices because of aftermarket stuff. They're, the prices have gone up recently for unrelated reasons, COVID, but, um, the, but you have the same thing where the the the, the whole you, this is a probably the biggest mass market line in the world, and you know people just gobble it up and so the prices go up. But that's crazy. I uh, you know the you know the the company doing that and and I but I suppose people are conditioned to pay um, these premiums. They probably don't. They'll complain about it. That's what we do as collectors. We complain, but they don't really change their behavior too much you know yeah i'll be honest um, i saw one of their figures and 275 dollars i'm like oh, okay i put it in my cart and i was ready to buy and then i thought wait a minute 
$275. Connect that with something else, anything else, please. <laughs> like, what is $275? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. $275. Oh, wait. And then, like, suddenly that connected. Like, oh, wait. That's rent. That's electricity. That's gas, water. Uh oh, yeah. what am I doing? <laughs> no, and I just it's... had to immediately get it out of the cart. Like I, no, I was I, so I conditioned that, the... that like that's what it was. Yeah, I do that all the time. And I the other part of uh, the collecting haven't really talked about on the pod today, but is that because the prices are going up for the toys, um, it sort of can for me it sort of pushes you out of certainly buying at the volume so i would love to buy and now you become much more choosy um the comic books become even more appealing because for the most part the majority of them are inexpensive you know they're for every comic book that's you know you spend a couple hundred dollars for very rarely um the vast majority of them you're spending like two three dollars for five dollars for yeah you know sure. these are 40 year old 50 year old comic books you know um that you're not paying anything for and so the 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 sort of the 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 cost benefit of that compared to an action figure you spend like thirty dollars on a new mar- like i we talked about this on our pod a couple weeks ago so when i was in the uk and there was some figures i could have bought marvel legends figures but i, I would have paid like a markup for like 30 euro and then the markup just to for, ship it to the eu well, ship it or just, you know, just mark up of what I'd pay at home. And it's like, I, I did, that wasn't even appealing to me. And it was like, um, you know, like it was, you spend something, you know, like $30 or more on a, on an action figure compared to a couple dollars, let's say on a, on a comic book that for right at the moment has infinitely more value. You know, um, mm-hmm. but it just depends. Like, you know, they're, they're figured I got the Fantastic Four retros I mentioned earlier super into that you know uh super excited about those um you know they fill a big sort of spot in the collection and that type of thing i've been i got the i don't have them out uh but i haven't opened them yet but i also got the hydra stomper and peggy captain carter from what oh, you did get those yeah it's a, i love those I, I that was my one of my favorite parts of the show i'm jacked about that because he is massive I heard. And um, did you get stealth, uh, Peggy? No, not yet. So that's one I am looking forward to. That so that's part of the hunt because she's not available to pre-order online. She's a target exclusive in the states. I will um, be uh, hunting for her uh, this holiday season. Thanks, Hasbro. Um, <laughs> so I know, but uh, I do, I have a feeling that she's uh, not going to be too difficult to find, given the other Target exclusives this year for Marvel Legends have been relatively easy to acquire. All right. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Uh, Target exclusives are really difficult for me. Um, yeah, so you, you had, like, Katie was one, and then uh, uh, right now is Mobius from Loki. Yeah. Uh, they've been – they just sort of sit. Uh, and I Piggy – a little bit more prominent than those two relative to the fan base, but she'll probably not be too hard. Knock on wood. Watch her end up being ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all know Kevin Feige listens to this. We all know that, you know, all these major CEOs. 
we Kevin, dictate market prices. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, who is responsible for all of Marvel Entertainment, is like, how can I piss off the legends, dudes? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I listened to that podcast that one time, and I was like, I'm going to gonna make it hard. So, um yeah, I know it's uh, it, it the hunt that that's one of the you know one of the things I do miss about collecting is the hunt and um, I suppose you find other ways to do it. Um, I'm curious to know other collectors if they're still doing it in some way or they have their patterns changed like mine have or how are they just not doing it at all? I know a lot of people just talking to them they don't do it at all. They just they're very happy to pre-order, wait for it to come to them. It's it saves them obviously time, money, gas, all that stuff. Uh, I certainly understand that, uh, but you do miss that sort of that that the joy of just you know going out there. You're going on the hunt. You're going to acquire. You're going to fulfill your sort of masculine capitalist identity, and uh, you know. But maybe we're better off without it. I have a feeling we are. <laughs> so. Well, so this kind of you know comes back to the audience then, like you know, outside of action figures, outside of comics, outside of these like pop culture stuff. What do our audience collect? Books, uh, board games, like what What do they collect? And do they have a hunt um, that they go on? And has that changed for them? I'd love to hear our, uh, feedback on, on like shopping trends for other collections. Yeah, for sure. Me All right. Too. So we leave it to the audience to, to send us feedback about that. Yeah. Um, what's, what's different now? Has the online distribution model affected your collections and your shopping is the hunt different based on what what we've talked about today how do people define the hunt differently that'll do it for today folks thanks again for joining us once again i'm darby harn and you can find more information about me and my books at my website darbyharn.com i'm also on twitter at darby harn sugu how can they find out more about us in the podcast you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach us at our email address, shelfwarmers at gmail.com. Send us feedback about the show, your thoughts, opinions, recommendations, and insights on our perspectives. We're always happy to hear from you, our audience, and we'd love to share your opinions on our next show. Again, that's shelfwarmers at gmail.com. And if email isn't your thing, we're also on Twitter. You can reach us at Shelf Warmers. Give us a holler. We have new episodes every Friday. As always, remember to stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and get vaccinated when you can. Stick around to listen to a free clip of more content from us. Subscribe today and you can hear the rest of the following and more. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>